Hello and welcome to episode 51 of the MTG Conflicts cast. My name is John and I'm joined today by my co-host Chris. Hey. So we've been gone for two weeks. I know a lot of you were wondering what happened with uh, our cliffhanger from last week, our Bant pile deck. So we're going to get right into our bi-weekly roundup and we're going to talk about what happened in the last two weeks of us. Chris, let's start with you. Lay it on us. All right. So... We kind of hyped up this this Bant deck pile. Yeah, it's it's a pile. <laughs> now, I would like to I would like the record to reflect that uh, many 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 weeks ago, I told John I wanted to play a glittering wish Bant control deck, and he was like, "Why would you do that? That sounds really bad." And I said, "I don't care. I want to have fun." And I played it, and it was fun, but it was also very bad. <laughs> And then fast forward to um, a few weeks ago where John's like, guys, guys, we got to play Band Control. And I was like, you know what you should play in your Band Control deck? Glittering Wish. And John was sold. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> How soon they forget. Mistakes were made. So we all played relatively the same list. Uh, we were off maybe like a few cards between us based on like card availability and like two cards or so. Yeah. yeah, but really, all basically really the same. Really close. And uh, let me tell you, this band pile was <clears throat> terrible. <laughs> I think both me and Kevin thought that this was probably the worst deck we'd ever played at an FNM. I think Kevin like, went like ever. one and three, right? Yeah. I, I went... went- you were what? One, two, one? One, one two, and one. <laughs> and then I ended up two and two, but I had a round three bye. <laughs> and I won round four. Excellent. Against the guy that uh, John beat the first, the round prior. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so the deck, two of the deck's three wins were the same guy. Now this poor guy. This uh, poor guy. He was. I. I honestly thought he was playing Grixis Control when I was watching him play against John. Uh, they're just playing playing Grixis Control with like a Delver of Secrets, and I was like, "That's really fucking weird. Why would you play Delver in your control deck? That doesn't seem good at all." And then I paired against him, and the same thing happens. He's like draws like he's like outdrawing lands for me, but he's like not doing anything. So eventually, I just like you know wish for some big idiot like I don't know Sigard or some shit and kill him. And he's like, "I'm playing Grixis Delver." I only have like 16 <laughs> lands in my deck. <laughs> I look over and he has like 8 lands in play. I'm like, huh. Oh, man. And like, they were somewhat close games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this deck was so bad. Yeah, it was, uh, Gross Spiral was way, way worse than we expected, right? Like, so. Uh, uh, Let's let's put how how bad is the deck really? Let's put it in some perspective. I played against uh, Blue White Spirits, and I just naturally miracled a Terminus like two turns in a row, or two turns like really needed to to top deck a Terminus, and I still lost that game. <laughs> it's like when you draw the literal best card in your deck for th- multiple turns in a row and still can't win. Yeah. It it's bad. It's bad. Oh, this deck what? is worse than the freaking amulet breach deck. Ugh. 
I think the uh, I think the uh, Grixis double play you played was actually the guy I drew against. Oh really? Yeah, because I put a wheel of sun and moon, and um, targeting just, who? Well, him. So he kept thought scouring me. <laughs> wow. So we had a really long game. Nice Tasker nerd. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Actually, that could have made the Tasker really good, depending mm. on what was already in his yard. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have much. He had like six cards, so uh, slim pickings. But uh, yeah, girl yeah. spiral, really underperformed. Yeah, card was not impressive. I never got to live the dream of girl spiral into terminus. Play my whites versus terminus. You <laughs> so sad. It's an unlikely dream to have actually occur. I feel like this is true. But I did opt in combat, like, I need to hit Terminus or I'm dead, and I hit Terminus. Nice. And I just died, like, two turns later anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. God, the deck is, like, maximum clunk. Yeah. Just Very every clunky card you can think of playing in a control deck, we just had in our deck. <laughs> Ten Glacial Worm. Man, talk about a card we were super hyped about that did not pan out. I think we like how many how many pan glacial worms do you think were just naturally drawn over the course of the evening? So when we when we were playing it online, we just happened we just had so many opening hands with pan glacial worm in it, it was absurd. I was like, is this like secretly a ley line of the worm or something? But it just doesn't get it just actually has the text of if it's an opening hand, it just never sees the battlefield ever. And then the first hand I drew at FNM in paper had Pent Glacial Worm in it! And like one land. I had I had a game where I set up the entire game, because it was in my opening hand. I was like, I'm gonna like survive and then cast this worm and then kill them with it. And I think the turn before I made the land drop to play it, they thought <laughs> the worm. They'd seen it off an Inquisition or something on, like, turn one or two. And so, like, five turns later, they're like, Ah, yes. Let's Thought Season take that worm before he can cast it. Fuck. Fuck me. Oh, what a terrible game. Yeah, my, my sad worm story. Um, so if my opponent attacks with the creature, I'm like, Oh, man, I'm going to ambush worm this creature so good. <laughs> ambush worm. But the trouble was, the creature I was trying to ambush was an Eldrazi Displacer. <laughs> he just displaced the worm! So he just took the three damage anyway. And like, I untapped, I couldn't even crack back because he had more mana to just blink it again. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Wow. Whew. Yeah, but uh, I thought I thought Glittering Wish performed pretty well. Yeah. Oh, Glittering Wish is a sick top deck. Like, when you run out of resources and your opponent is just playing off the top, and you just rip a wish, you're like, oh yeah, this is whatever I want it to be. It could be anything. It could even be a boat. <laughs> like, I think my opponent plays a Jace, and we have a counter, small counter war over it, which I lose. I'm like, oh damn. Like, the only card left in my hand is something awful. Maybe it was Panglacial Worm. <laughs> And I have, like, five lands in play. I'm just like, well, I guess I'm just going to lose this fucking Jace. But he, like, tapped out for the counter war, and I untapped, and I just draw a glittering wish. Like, oh, look! Wish for D-Sphere, D-Sphere, Jace. Excellent. 
and the opponent was brainstorm locked. So like, <laughs> <laughs> got him. Oh man, ended up crawling out of that game somehow. But yeah, yeah, uh, I I did not play that deck again. Yeah, I I was borrowing a bunch of cards to play the deck, like the Jason stuff. I as soon as the last round, I was like, nope, nope, unsleeve, out of here. You can have these back. <laughs> yeah, I won't be needing these anymore. Oh man, yeah, I was like, ah, I think I'll hang on to these Jaces for another week. I think I'm gonna run it back. I put a lot of a lot of time and effort into getting all these getting all these weird ass fucking cards for the deck. I was like, halfway through the next week, and I was like, nah. Oh, fuck that! I'm playing Swans. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So the next week I played uh, Amulet because I've been playing a bunch of garbage piles recently. And by garbage piles, I mean uh, I played uh, the band deck and then uh, Blue Eyed Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, is went, this a garbage pile? Went three zero and one with Amulet. So clearly, ah yes. Who'd you draw oh, against? Oh, I managed to dodge. Uh, all three of the fucking Swan players at FNM. <laughs> it's like me, Kevin, and Mike were all playing Swans. So. Yeah, and there weren't that many people. No, it's like sub thirty. Really. Yeah, managed to to do the dip and dodge. <laughs> you were not so lucky. Uh, yeah, I played the mirror. That was sad times. That was, that was really sad times. I played against Kevin, like. Who would win? The creator of a deck who's played it continuously for almost three years, or one <laughs> one boy? Johnny boy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I kept a one lander <laughs> game one. It's like, oh man, I really don't want to like mulligan in this in this matchup. It's like, didn't have a land in like the top ten cards of my deck. Like scooped on like turn four or something, and like flipped over the next like you know however many cards. It was just like no lands for a while. It's like yeah. Oh, mm. That reminds me of the time when we were we were all playing online, and Kevin accidentally kept clicked keep on a no oh. lander. Uh. Yeah, we didn't we almost, quite get there. We almost won that game. It was against Burn, right? Um, or no, no Model Blue uh, Tron. Oh, that's right. Uh, no, 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 no. There's another one. It's not, not the only time he's done that then, because he did it against another deck. It wasn't against Blutron, because we actually beat Blutron. Let's check the stat sheet. Oh, it was it was Scapeshift. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's right. We are like, oh man, this matchup's so good for us. And then we like managed to lose game one because he just had a bunch of Primeval Titans. And we didn't have any... Like, we had both Steam Vents, so like we couldn't scrut it. <laughs> then, like... Kevin accidentally snap keeps a hand of no plants. <laughs> snap it off. Oh, man. Yeah. And then opponent goes turn one boost Seiju pass. <laughs> huh. Is this yeah. a game? Turns out our turn three, or not turn three, our turn like five blood moon on three lands. Not good enough. Not good enough. Opponent snap uh, just like Insta destructive revelried it and then untapped and uh Boseju scape shifted us. <laughs> so I guess uh, I'll I'll go over my last two weeks in magic, because we've kind of already touched on it. Uh I played Bant Pile. It was bad. <laughs> it was uh I think I actually felt like the deck 
was the best out of the three of us. Uh, my my draw, I felt like I definitely could have win it. I think I was like one turn off. Yeah, I had the Panglacial Worm. I just needed one more turn to crack in and kill him. So um, there's a really long grindy game. So I felt like I could have won that one. And then my my loss was I lost to Elves, and that one was really close. Um, he just had like the nuts, like just the actual nuts against me, and I was just. I think it was like a turn three kill, turn four kill. It was really fast. And I was just doing my yeah. damage to find a terminate or a terminus, and I just couldn't find one. It's like opt bottom, like anything to set something up. I just didn't see a terminus in any of my cards. Just couldn't do it. Just, uh, yeah. Just that felt that felt bad. Felt really bad. So, um. Yeah, the deck is a pile. We like sat down after FNM, went to like Denny's, and we're like, all right, guys, we gotta draw up a new version of the deck so I can run it back next week. And we're like, all right, let's get these fucking shitty ass growth spirals out of here. We basically ended up with like a stock miracles list with four glittering wish crammed in, right? Yeah, was pretty much. Basically where we landed on. And this wasn't like we just like did this and called it a day. This was like we spent time and iterations and like thought on the on the deck and we just ended up at Miracles before Glittering Wish Crafted. <laughs> so But uh I thought Glittering Wish was pretty insane. It's definitely sweet. Like yeah. when you get to to really like go off with your glittering wishes. Like, turn two, get your best card in the matchup. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, or even just, like, late in the game, you know, being able to wish for the exact correct threat at that point in time. Can you beat a Sigarda? Oh, okay. How about Dromoka? <laughs> oh. Or Teferi, perhaps. Yeah, oh. Sphinx's revelation for a bunch. <laughs> So yeah, it was sweet. Or just like getting like turn like turn two, fetch up your geist, turn three, play a geist, like what do you got? Like that was really nice. I like that aspect of the deck, but Yeah, a lot uh, of the decks that are losing to Geist can't do anything about the fact that you tutored for the Geist. Yeah. So you just like sit there and like watch the train slowly approach them. <laughs> There's not really a whole lot they can do about it. Like shackled to the tracks, like pulling at the chains, like uh Yeah. Before they get hit by a fucking angel and they <laughs> hit for six damage. Dead. But, um, so yeah, that was, uh, a little kind yeah. of awkward playing, like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm playing my threats are like creatures, like Panglacial Worm. Well, Panglacial Worm is bad, but like Sigarda or Dramoka, and then you're like, man, I kind of need to terminus. <laughs> yeah. Feels bad, man. Just shuffle them back in. We'll find them later. I mean, with Panglacial Worm, it doesn't really matter. Like, oh, it's. I'll find him. He'll come back. Mission failed. We'll get him next time. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, I got off swans and, um, I, so I've had swans, uh, or sorry, I got off of Bant and I've had swans on Moto for like a while now, but I didn't really play it much. And I was like, you know what? I've always wanted to play swans and I was like, man, you know, I'm just like, I don't have much practice with swans. I feel bad at the deck. I need to like grind some, some matches. So I like, Played some swans, and then Kevin found out that I had the deck on Moto, and he was like, ooh, 
Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Because he doesn't actually have the deck on Moto. And so... No, the only deck the he has on Moto is like Aura Swap Aura Swap Buckles. Class dismissed. Yo, goddamn. What a... What a... That's a whole other story. God. Uh, yeah, Kevin just likes to fucking Eldrazi conscription his, his boggle and then slap you with it and then beam in chat aggressively. In the free room! <laughs> yeah, in like... Like the just for fun room. <laughs> I mean, it is just for fun, right? Like, God. What a fucking asshole. <laughs> anyway, so I think we've played like 15 leagues of a swan in the last week. Uh, I started keeping track. It's got to be more, actually. It's probably like 17 or 18 leagues. We started keeping track. Um, so I've got a spreadsheet going. We've got like 12 leagues in it now. So we're getting that, that data, that, that juicy data. Um, it's actually been good because I think the data has been kind of like eye-opening. Like um, We feel like a total dog to the, uh, the burn matchup, and we're actually like 6-9 and nine against it right now. And it's like not bad, right? Like... It's pretty good against a deck that we feel like we're just getting pummeled by every time we play against it. We're actually like winning more than half the time, so that's nice. Um, so I've been playing a lot of Swans to get to F and M. We had that sweet two and two finish because I got paired in the mirror and got crushed by Kevin. Uh, yeah. So how did you deal with that on the spreadsheet? Uh, we just grayed it out and didn't count it towards any of the data. <laughs> It's listed, but not actually, like, integrated into the stats at all. Because it's basically, like, it's a wash on, like, win-lose die roll and um, win-lose, but it affects, like, our metagame percentage. So we just, like, grayed it out, basically, and didn't count it. So it's, like, six rounds of FNM on the on the spreadsheet instead of eight. <laughs> I put oh, in the yeah. notes what happened, but I got a fucking crushed. Yeah, so I got I got I got bamboozled thinking Karanos would be a good card, and then I like ever so cleverly and deftly set up a situation where I could resolve my Karanos, and it was quite nice. And then you know Kevin untapped and resolved a Swan and proceeded to fucking murder me with it. <laughs> While well, I ancestral recalled every turn into cards that didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So as it turns out, Swan of Bernagle is insane in the blue red mi in the mirrors because uh, your opponent can't remove it. Yeah. Like, sure, you can draw those cards. Who they also can't really block it. <clears throat> um, like, Jace the Mind Sculptor is like the only, like, and Cryptic are like the only real answers. Answers, I say, because they're four mana. So, like, got some fucking air quotes going on there. Yeah, like, so it's like, what are the odds that you get to, like, res you know, bounce the swan and then not have him just come down again the next turn anyway? Yeah. 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 You're either, like, down a Cryptic or down a loyalty on your Jace. Like, feels really bad. So, so yeah, but uh, yeah, so you know, played some vampire, played some swans. I'm super excited about swans. The deck is insane. Like, I think the deck is like for a rogue deck, man. Swans is super sweet. <laughs> Just curb stomps the blue white decks and most of the blue decks in general, really. Um, just the, they can't deal with the card advantage from the swan. Like, you just can't even come close to like dealing with the card advantage. And it's amazing because like people are playing like these you know these like bug type decks now, and we were always like just crushing blue white because it was like oh you're gonna like path to exile our swan like who gives a shit like sure you can ramp us excellent 
Now they're spending two mana to do the same thing? <laughs> like, ah! Sure, you can, uh, you can spend a green and a black mana. Ex not doesn't even exile, just destroys the swan. Like, get me a land. Like, ah, yes. It's untapped, too. Like, even better. <laughs> and if you really want, you can just spell snare it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it gets spell snared, so. Just, uh, good times all around. But, uh. So, moving beyond what we've we've been playing. Although I oh oh, I you did have a game where your swan got devoured, correct? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a interesting deck popping around on Moto, a, a Sultai teachings deck that main decks devour flesh. We did get our swan devoured. That was uh surprising <laughs> to say the least. So we played it back to back. So we play it for the first time, we're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like mystical teachings? Like bug? Man, what the what the hell? He's got like cryptic commands, like this is just like bad blue white right well, he's got wilderness reclamation man like oh yeah get him get him get all that mana we just like crushed this guy he's like pretty bad to be honest like just played really kind of suboptimally and we immediately queued into it again on <laughs> from another player and we got paddled this time around <laughs> it's like oh okay this is how the deck plays when it's played by someone who's like halfway decent and we just got like buried in card advantage and like kevin's like nah man we can like we can call our way back we seemed like swan scred and then like i think the breaking point that like crushed his willpower was when like our opponent had like double wilderness reclamation and they like blue sunned in between their triggers and drew just like i don't know like 10 cards or some shit and then passed to us with like eight mana up or something <laughs> It's like oh oh we're we're dead we're just dead <laughs> we're very very dead <laughs> yeah so i think the guy who i assume he made the deck if not he's the one getting results with it uh is mtgo names ftzz and i actually played against this guy um in the comp league on mtgo and i was playing amulet and yeah, the game one, I was like, what the fuck is my opponent doing? I'm so confused. I think he, like, devour fleshed my Azusa on a scout or something. And I was just <laughs> like, I, I didn't know how to feel. But I didn't draw a cavern and just, like, kept remanding, snap remanding my titans until he had, like, a billion mana. And then he just started doing the whole, you know, teachings for Nexus, Nexus, untap blue sun for a million, do the thing. I just got shrekt. Absolutely shrekt. I think, um, yeah. So it was like the first, the first match of a new league. I just got paddled <laughs> by this teachings nexus deck. You're like, wow. And like game two, I had like blue pack plus like a spell pierce. So I was like, oh yeah, I can interact, I can do stuff. And just like, it didn't even matter. Didn't matter in the slightest. Oh, man. It's like the second you don't apply enough pressure, they just, like, 
teachings on that step and the game ends. Yeah, basically. I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. I think I saw a post on Reddit and it was like, um, someone was like, oh, yeah, this like, this bug deck, like, how, how does it win? And someone links, like, um, links a picture to a fucking, um, like, Wikipedia article. And it's the, the Wikipedia article for persistent hunting. It's just a picture of, like, a wild dog, like, in mid-leap <laughs> in the air. It's like, it's like the explanation. It's a hunting technique in which, like, hunters are slower than their prey. Just follow them until they fall over and fucking die. <laughs> it's like, end of turn. Teachings for teachings? <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> You're like the gazelle or whatever, like, mm, it's, it's still behind me. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a very long duration of, I'm in danger. <laughs> it's like every five minutes, look over your shoulder. It's still there. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh,. Yeah, I think it was like I think that yeah they said I still don't understand how it wins and someone just linked the Wikipedia article. <laughs> no explanation beyond that. It was just like reading the text explains the question. <laughs> I mean, my strategy against the deck was uh, hope he times out before he finds a way to actually deal lethal damage. How'd that go? Uh, n- unsuccessful. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. I think I died with him with like two minutes on the clock. And we played two games. Wow. Almost got there. But he, he had he was at the point where he could like Nexus multiple times in the same turn. <laughs> wow. He would like Nexus Blue Sun to redraw it, Nexus again. <laughs> Very nice. And then pass, and it's like, okay, at this point he could literally just animate his tar pits and just attack me because he has, like, four turns in a row, and I would just die. But he, like, kept doing spells. I'm like, yes, yes, spend that clock! <laughs> but, uh, alas, it was not enough. Yeah. That deck seems super cold to a Blood Moon if they don't have the ability to, like, immediately, uh, immediately remove it, so. Oh, yeah. But it does look pretty sweet, I'm not going to lie. Oh, it's super sweet. I have most of the cards. I'm definitely tempted. Because, I mean, we, we were talking about Wilderness Reclamation in the Bant deck, kind of. Yeah, fuck like, that. We were talking about uh, the spoilers and stuff. Like, oh, man, you could play Glitting Wish and not, like, be really fucking out, you know, temple yourself out of the game. Like, what well, do we do at instant speed with all this mana? Like, I don't know. Sphinx's Revelation? That's bad. Yeah, I was thinking about, like, oh, you can, like, you know, tap it, untap on your end step to do a thing. Well, I never really thought about the thing being mystical teachings. <laughs> Seems good to me. I also didn't realize that Nexus of Fate was an instant. Yeah. So bad. Ugh. Yeah. It's a buy a box promo right there, my friend. Yeah, only available no. as a foil. No mistakes made here. Ugh. God, stupid wizards printing a playable buy a box promo. <laughs> Anyways, so, there's a a whole host of other sweet decks going around, what with the new set, and uh, KCI getting the, the axe. Yeah, well, um, speaking of, uh, you know, blue-green new pile decks, I guess it's, it's, it's a pile for now. I'm sure it'll get refined as we continue on. The, uh, the Vanifar decks. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've played against this deck a decent amount. And um, it's weird because it feels very much like the same shit that you've been getting got by out of these, like, green-white decks since as long as you can remember. Like, ah, oh, yes. Play my Voice of Resurgence and my Eternal Witness and my Noble Hierarchs and some Court of Callings, but now they can just, like, get ya. <laughs> if you just, like, ever don't have a removal spell for Vanifar. So, in some ways, it feels kind of like the Devoted Druid deck. Yeah, definitely. Where they play a thing, in this case, a Vanifar instead of a Devoted Druid, and then they they just cross their fingers and hope it's still there when they untap. And if it is, the odds they win are pretty good. And if no. it's not, they're sad. I guess the difference is that Vanifar doesn't get bolted immediately like uh, Devoted Druid does. Yeah, it's a little bit more resilient, but it also costs four mana. Yeah, at the same time, like in order to go up the chain, you your chain gets broken up by a bolt a lot of the time. Preaching Hippocamp, not so resilient against the old lightning bolt. <laughs> uh, yeah, and neither is Kiki Jiki Mirror Breaker. <laughs> or Bounding Crisis. Yeah. So we played against this a number of times online as Swan. Or Zealous Conscripts. <laughs> <laughs> we managed to lose one match because I fetched the wrong land. It didn't leave Brett up to kill the vanifar or it wasn't it wasn't vanifar it was like a kiki jiki i think yeah it wasn't oh yeah yeah so you played like a blue land the turn prior which meant we couldn't have enough red to like anger them plus hold up a scred Scred, yeah and he just like has two cards left in hand and they happen to be breaching hippocamp untap my mana dork into kiki jiki mirror breaker kill you <laughs> ah it was pretty unreal. Maximum punishment for my small misplay. But uh, Swans eats that deck for breakfast. Holy crap. Two main deck anger of the gods goes a long distance against your fucking crappy dork deck. Yeah, and getting to remand a four drop is pretty good. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of clunk in that deck. So like, usually you can just like remand the Vanifar long enough until your Scred kills it, and then it just dies to Scred, and you move on with your life. Unless they try to Restoration Angel it! Ah! That card's super telegraphed out of that deck, I feel like, though. I mean, it's kind of like all the Coco decks, right? Like, yeah. oh, I wonder if he has a Coco. <laughs> like, yeah. Just played his fourth mana and did nothing. Yeah, that deck definitely telegraphs that it has core to Resto, like, pretty, pretty uh, openly. So that is a sweet deck. Speaking of uh, rug-ish colored piles... Uh, <laughs> spin on a existing deck i guess um the scg team open we saw uh ryan overturf commentator extraordinaire or at least i don't know he's a commentator looks like he's usually asleep <laughs> he's about to doze off in the middle of casting uh he played a blue red phoenix deck that had green in it and his team won he uh said to you know shove a triple uh steam vents and a breeding pool into the deck so we could play forge for first the olven wads <laughs> and uh and some sideboard ancient grudges how do you uh how do you feel about that one chris you've been playing phoenix a little bit well i'll let the records show that um in the finals 
it was Teamer Phoenix versus Mono Red Phoenix, and ran over turf on Teamer and got ranched <laughs> by the Mono Red Phoenix deck. Yeah, I believe that. That guy had some obscene record too. Like, was he X and zero? Yeah, sixteen and zero. Jesus Christ. Uh, but anyway, what a heartbreak! Yeah, what a heartbreak! This, this Teamer deck. God, I just, I just can't dig it. <laughs> I just can't do it. You like, can't dig it? Traverse, traversing for any of the creatures in your deck just doesn't feel very good to me, like, at all. Oh, man. You had to cram four Mistress Bobbles in here just to have additional additional types, card types for the for the Traverse. I mean, if you think about it, what? So, land, instant, sorcery, creature is four types already, right? Yep. And you've played these four types, but you only play ten creatures. Like, not that many sorceries... Bobble's just four extra creatures, as far as that's concerned, right? <laughs> I guess is how that shakes out. Yeah, I guess. I mean, what? Maybe you thought Scour hit, like, creature, Bobble, and then it's an instant, and you fetch land, bam, you got it. But, like, how good is Traverse for Thing in the Ice on turn three? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess it gets you a crackling Drake, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess you can go like traverse for a second Phoenix, loot them both away, gutshot. That's three spells. Ugh. I I don't know. I it just doesn't feel good enough to me. Oh, I found out why he's playing the green. He needs those two sideboard. Life goes on. I mean, Just okay, so out of the sideboard, life. the Traverse, if he gets delirium, he gets to go fetch up his Magus of the Moon, which seems sweet. Yeah, that's fair. Right? Green mana, don't need that anymore. <laughs> or he's also playing a Fairy Macabre, which you can also Traverse for. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit of spice. That's good tech I haven't really seen before, actually. I don't think I've seen people sideboarding Fairy Macabre in these Traverse decks. Kinda um... Like I did see him win a game with Traverse, where uh, his opponent is like at five or something, four or five, I don't remember which, and he has one Phoenix already in play, and he goes like, fetch shock for my green source, or maybe he already had the green source, I don't know, and he just goes, Traverse for second Phoenix, hard cast second Phoenix, attack you for lethal. (laughs) (laughs) Modern problems require modern solutions. And I mean, I guess that, you know, that'll do. <laughs> but yeah, in a vacuum, I, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a fan. So you think it's a pig for a stick? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not entirely sold on it, but I think it's sweet. <laughs> so we touched on Mono Red Phoenix, and man, this deck has been showing up a lot. This deck is spinning Lean and mean. Yeah, so if you like look at the deck list online, it's sniff it's like noticeably smaller in size than most other lists because it's yeah. just a bunch of four 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 and the lands are just eighteen mountains. That's it. Does not take up a lot of space to show you the deck, that's for sure. <laughs> and every single spell is a four of. Not bad one, probably. I like, mean spells. Oh, yeah, yeah. Non creature spells. Yeah. Battle of the only non-four of in the main deck other than lands. 
And then in the sideboard, there's a floor, like a four of, three of, two of, three of, three of. <laughs> I like the respect for the mirror he showed by playing four dragons claw. Well, uh, yeah, okay. So that's, it's something you can board in for the mirror, but it's also really good against the burn deck, right? Yeah, just like, because it triggers off your own spells, too. Yeah, and you're in the business of casting lots of spells. Yeah. And so is your burn opponent. I mean, it certainly seems better than Sun Droplet. Pretty sure your opponent is in the business of losing if you resolve a Dragon's Claw against them. So, yeah, I don't know. I like uh, I like these, you know, Swiss Beery, Bedlam Revelry decks are finally, like, you know, we've tried, we were playing that Wombo combo in Marty way back when, and everyone's like, eh, you know, get these, get these shitty Swiss Beers out of here. <laughs> That deck got kind of like uh, figured out. And now, ah, yes, a new home. Modern Red Phoenix. We've got our two Bloodlumber Warriors, our four Swiss Spears, four Soul Scar Mages, and four Phoenixes. This deck knows what it is about. It's like Burn with like Panache. It's like Galaxy Brain Burn. Yeah, basically. Light at the Stage is a card that has just in been incredibly impressive to me, and Scare the Critics as well has been good. Um, we have played a lot of burn decks. We've only played a couple Mono Phoenix decks in our leagues online, but man, have we played against a lot of burn. A lot of people casting white at the stage and skewer the critics, and those cards are the real deal, as far as I can tell. Um, they are uh, efficient. Um, their failure state is not that bad, and they uh, they do what you want out of these aggressive decks for sure. Yeah, so I was talking to John earlier, and... I had misread this card. <laughs> so I thought that it said, you know, exile the top two cards of your library until your until the like next end step, you may play those cards. But what it actually says is until your next turn, end of your next turn, <laughs> which Not means end that of if this you, turn. yeah, so if you've like, you know, tapped really low to light up the stage, it's fine. You can still utilize those cards next turn yeah so it's very 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 close to just draw two in, in these kinds of decks yeah it's like one mana divination pretty good um and you know there's a little bit of like a non-bow with uh prowess in these you know spectacle cards because sometimes you can't cast them until post combat but light up the stage ain't so bad because it just lets you cast them next turn before combat <laughs> and i mean gunshot into light up the stage is really really sweet yeah like, you go turn one to Spear, and turn two Gutshot, light up the stage. It's like, hmm. Play another Swiss Spear. Like, oh, look, I exiled this Faithless Looting. I'll just cast that. Oh, look, I discarded some Phoenixes. Oh, wait, that's my third spell this turn. What do you know? Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. So, um, yeah, Modern Red Phoenix is, um, is pretty scary. Uh, I wonder if this is better than all the burn decks we've been seeing, honestly. We've been playing against a lot of red white burn and a lot of red black burn, and um, it's interesting because they they seem like the same deck, but they actually play quite differently as far as Swans is concerned. Uh, mono, no, sorry, mono black. Um, the red black version is playing just as many one drops as it can cram in the list, like a oh, bump in the night, and um, you know, skewer the critics, and it's lava spikes, and they're playing shard volley and. Grim Lava Mancer and just like piling them on. 
And they, uh, some of them are actually even not even playing main deck Eidolon because they cast so many spells that Eidolon is actually kind of a liability for them because they don't want to just like blow themselves up. Yeah, just no respect for Chalice of the Void. Yeah, none at all. So they play the full four in the board for the Eidolon so they can, you know, pivot if they need to. But the red-white versions are very different because they're playing just a pile of two drops. They've got Lightning Helix, Boros Charm, and Eidolon still in the deck, together with the new, you know, slide up the stage and skewer the critics. And so that deck plays much more slowly, in air quotes, in comparison to uh, Red Black. But uh, it gets a little bit more flexibility, you know, it gets to uh, gain some life, and it's got the better sideboard options. It gets the main deck Eidolon, so you can kind of and your opponent down but it's really interesting i don't know um we like playing against the red white version a lot more because we have two main deck spell snares in our list that are like quite dead against red black a lot of the time yeah and it's really hard to get under them but uh red white's a little slower especially when they get those clunky draws full of two drops so you can uh slip a guy into play and start smacking them down and and kind of make their Eidolons not as good sometimes, so that's nice. Yeah, but you gotta be careful for these mono-red decks, or really lean, mean, red, aggressive decks. Yeah. Seems like a rough, a rough time to be playing these kind of slow, dirtily control decks. Yeah, definitely. They'll just get right under you. And um, there's even more interesting decks we're seeing um gabriel nasif aka bob the dog this <laughs> moto name uh he played in a i believe it was a modern challenge i want to say it was a challenge and uh he played a living end watcher dominance deck got fourth place it's so the deck that everyone was kind of talking about, like, oh, you know, you play your Letra Dominant, and you play your Living End, and you play your Ancestral Visions, and you just kind of do the thing. But uh, he put a list together, and he's he's got some sweet tech that I think you'll appreciate, Chris. So he's got, you know, he's got his Cyclers, he's got Architects of Will, Curator of Mysteries, Desert Ceridon, uh Striped River Winder, a Nimble Obstructionist, and then a Fairy Macabre just for some utility. And then he's got you know the as for tolds and the living ends and the ancestral visions a little bit of counter magic with some cryptics and is it charm and two remand but he's got some spice in here it's hiding in his mana base he's got two telaria wests so that he can fetch up a little toolbox package he's got a main deck chalice and a main deck tormod script and he can also go and get an ancestral vision or a living end off telaria west i thought that was super cool um it gets a really interesting way to get some haymakers in game one against you know the really spell heavy one drop heavy decks or against the graveyard decks and so he's got the tormod script and he's actually got a, a fairy macabre game one against uh against these deck yeah so the, the tormod script is really there to just exile your opponent's graveyard before you go off with living end mm -hmm. just to make sure that it's better for you than them yeah it also has incidental value against graveyard decks. It's being fetchable is really nice too. 
don't know if you've ever played against As Foretold before, but when your opponent is casting zero mana cryptic commands, <laughs> it's pretty gross. Yeah, I believe that. I haven't actually played against that card, but it seems like it could get out of hand really quick. Uh, I think you might appreciate the three sideboard bottle gnomes. Yeah, <laughs> quite confused on that one, why he decided to go with bottle gnomes. I guess just because it comes back? Yeah, so the traditional living index might play... Uh, how much mana is Brindlebore? Is that, is that a... It's three, right? It's two yeah. green. So it's it's a card that gains life that comes back with your living end against the aggressive decks, and so Bottle Gnomes is the, the closest you can get in Refresh green. Reinforcements or refreshments? Some A-plus flavor text on that one. <laughs> and then, of course, the Fulminator Mage uh, living end interaction is also very good. I like the... Uh, he's got a sideboard Drakehaven. Oh man. Ghost of Standard Past. Yeah, that the Drake Heaven Deck and Standard was sweet. Yeah, man, good times, good memories. I just imagine if this is like a way to combat like graveyard hate, just make a bunch of Drakes. <laughs> yeah, man, they can't counter it. Like if the Drake Haven comes into play, the abilities aren't counterable. Yeah, it just just happens. You just it's get Drakes. Pretty good. Two mana, get a two two. Like sure. Sign me up. Oh, it's not even that. It's two mana. Two mana get a two-two draw a card. And I don't know if it's particularly relevant in this deck, um, but it is. It does say whenever you cycle or discard a card. Oh, that's fair. So there's the off chance where they just like you play a Drake Haven and they thought sees you and takes something. You just make a Drake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, against Liliana, that's gross. Like, do you want to plus your Liliana? Yeah, plus it's Are like you make a sure? drink, and the next turn you minus it to kill the drink. <laughs> Get some coming and going. <laughs> oh man, that's gross. Yeah, I don't think Liliana can stand against that card for very long. So yeah, I thought that was super sweet. I'm I'm curious about this list. I'm curious, um it's interesting, like I've never been a big living in fan, and I've never been a big scapeshift fan, but you know, these new cards make blue versions playable, so I'm like, hmm, I wanna play I wanna play this like Grixis Living In deck and do I wanna play this Rug Scapeshift deck? Hmm. And I will say that if you've ever been living ended Architect of Wield before, it feels awful. Oh god, yeah, that's the worst. It's like, oh if I put a put it like a billion power in play and I know I'm gonna draw absolute ass. <laughs> For the yeah. next probably two turns. Yeah. At least one. Yeah, it's definitely like just GG when that comes into play off the living end. Like you pass turn, look at the top card, and you're like, yep, you got me. And then like looking at these creatures, right? Striped Riverwinder, um, Ceradon and Curator of Mysteries don't die to anger of the gods. Yeah. I mean butts. neither did like Monstrous Carabid, but you know, they're pretty big boys. Decent amount of evasion. The curator, the fairy macabre, and the uh, number of destructionists all fly. The riverwinder has hexproof, like hexproof five five. Like, what do you do against that? I don't know. Die. Yeah, it's, it's pretty obnoxious, really. 
I hope you're not playing Fatal Pushes against this deck. <laughs> so. so that was another sweet one that uh, caught my eye. I think Gabe Nassif is always doing sweet stuff. I always like keeping tabs on him. Um, uh, some other some other changes we've seen lately. Something that's kind of stood out, I guess, is uh, I've been seeing a lot of Deputy of Detention. I don't know how much you've been playing on Moto, but uh, I'm not seeing as much Reflector Mage out of these humans and Spirits decks. I am seeing Deputy of Detention. More so out of the Spirit decks, but I think I've seen it out of at least one human's deck, post board. Is that uh, Fiend Hunter merged with Detention Sphere? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we had a game where we had two swans get Deputy of Detention. <laughs> I think it was like um, they were like dead the next turn. I played the second swan to ensure they like couldn't bounce. I couldn't bounce it, you know, with like reflector range. I was like, I will ensure that I am able to kill them next turn. And they're like, ha, 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 deputy of detention, <laughs> eat both your swans. It's like, uh, huh, huh. <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> I mean, I won that game, but it was a lot closer than it should have been because of that card. Blech. Yeah, I guess the thing is, like, why bounce it when you can just eat it? Yeah. That one's been, uh, that one's been a little bit scurry lately. I guess it's a little bit more frail, though, right? Because if you just have removal, you just get your guys back immediately. Yeah. You don't have to take that turn off. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Let's just say you're playing in Scapeshift. Would you rather Reflector Mage the Primeval Titan or Deputy of Detention it? Probably Deputy it. <laughs> really? Then opponent untaps plays a mountain and gets their Primeval Titan back? Uh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I think if that Titan resolves, you're in a really bad spot regardless. Uh, yeah. Probably. Ugh. Is there uh, anything else that's kind of caught your eye lately going on, goings on in the in the magical world? I think we're both kind of focused on modern. I mean, there's all sorts of crazy stuff going on in, uh, in standard right now. Yeah, I'm sure there is, but... Probably won't I, talk about. I, <laughs> I have not been keeping up with what's going on in standard. Um, hear, what is interesting to me... Of course, it's interesting to me. Is um, amulet is almost mainstream now? Oh yeah, definitely. That has been interesting. Like it's kind of, I don't know if I want to say surreal, but to go from this deck that everyone thought was kind of this, you know, untiered kitchen table pet deck, is now like showing up pretty regularly in these like relatively high level events like at the uh, team open the fourth place team um had the modern player daryl ayers playing amulet he's one of the more bigger amulet uh names and i think the lists have not the the list for what the new best amulet deck is is not um 
fuck i can't think of the word set set in stone so there's no uh understood or agreed upon best list um, there's still a lot of kind of experimenting and slight playing around with flex slots which is really interesting because all these decks that are top top like eighting 16ing or whatever in these events all have some different thing going on which Maybe that just means the core of the deck is so broken you can play whatever the hell you want and it's still good. Does that worry you? <laughs> or um, is it really about you can tweak the deck to perform well in a certain room if you want? And if so, you, if you can read the room, you can do well? I don't know. What's interesting to me about Daryl's list here is he came back to three explorers. And I think uh, he and... Some other of the, you know, big name amulet players have been had been previously saying, "Oh, explore is the worst card in the deck," which is why they cut it all together and went to trinket mage. And now here we are, three copies of explore back in the deck. And I think I've been kind of saying all along that I didn't think explore was bad. I mean, it was the worst card in the deck, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't necessarily bad. And. Perhaps the meta shifting back into a place where you would rather have an explorer than your third trinket mage. Yeah, I can believe that. And Sky Shot Ranger is the new worst card in the deck. Yeah, that card's kind of a stinker. I mean, the turn one scout is, is very good. The turn one Sky Shot Ranger is not bad. But it is a lot worse. Yeah. But I mean, I guess like every deck has to have a worse card in it. And I guess it makes sense that the flex slots are the ones that are usually the worst. Yeah, that's fair. Because if the flex slots weren't the worst card in the deck, then they wouldn't be flex slots. <laughs> right? They would just always be the same. Yeah, you'd just um, be playing one of those decks where the 75 is like set in stone. Yeah, another interesting thing to me is the return of Chameleon Colossus, our good friend from the days of Grixis Shadow, <laughs> running rampant. 4-4 four, four Fear. Isn't it, is it Fear? It's, it's pro-black. Oh, pro-black, that's right. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of the Patrick Chafin story where he says, give all my legal targets fear. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so Chameleon Colossus, like... The Grixis Shadow deck has a very, very difficult time beating this card. That's an understatement. Um, the other interesting thing to me is the two copies of Dispel instead of Spell Pierces. Which, I don't know. Yeah, I thought people were moving more towards just, like Negate. And I mean, there's still two Negates there, but um, I thought the consensus was just having a card that just fixes the problem for team mana was kind of where you wanted to be. I guess because of the, the absence of KCI, maybe there's less non-instant spells that you care about countering That's like fair. early in the game where you only have one man available. And it's like, it's basically the same card as Spell Pierce, if not better, against Storm, I guess. Yeah, basically. The only caveat is it can't counter past in Flames, I guess, but... Whatever. Yeah. You're in danger if they got that far. So it just spells interesting to me. Um also the, the lack of Rukthar. 
Like, are we just in a place where Workthar isn't good? I don't know. Like, it seems insane against the Phoenix decks, but maybe it's just too slow. Yeah, it's entirely possible. But I feel like, especially against Mono Red Phoenix, you kind of have to go off and do a thing really early in the game to have a chance anyway. I mean, you need something. You need something to, like, kill them or keep them from killing you. And your ways of keeping them from killing you are pretty limited. Like, if you're I not mean, just putting them down, like, stopping them is... Eh. The mono-red Phoenix matchup is really rough because um, your main way of accelerating is with the turn one scout or whatever, which the four gutshot deck usually has a way to answer. Yeah. <laughs> and that's pretty sad times. Um, I guess the big thing for me about Dispel is that it doesn't counter Blood Moon. Yeah, that's a very fair point. And I feel like Blood Moon should be very good again. Is approaching being very good again. Excellent. And if that's the case, people should be playing it. And if they're playing it, I would rather have a spell that could counter it. No. You should just play Dispel. <laughs> I think that card sounds excellent. You should play it. I mean... You can, dispel, you can bring it into the mirror and dispel your opponent's pacts. <laughs> Ignore me and my three... My three basic lands that I'm tapping for a blood moon. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you're saying saying things that make me happy, Chris. Oh, swans, swans is getting better in the meta. Blood moon is better. <laughs> See, then we go over to this uh, classic Indianapolis classic, and we have a seventh place amulet list. With only one trinket mage and the full four explorers. It's a lot of explorers. And then I mean, three negates in the board, no uh, spell pierces or dispels. That's kind of more what I would expect to see, honestly. Although I think... Um, so it's interesting, they have a Radiant Fountain in the sideboard. Like, wait a minute, cutting Radiant Fountain from the main board? That's that's crazy talk. Well, there's still a Kyber Crossroads in the, in the main deck. <laughs> so it's just another gained life wow. land. That's funny. I guess the, the respect to burn is is real, I guess. I mean, yeah, it's everywhere right now. There's Another thing I can't get behind decks. is this uh, these Ramanap Excavators. I've tried this card in the past, and it just never does what I want it to do, like, ever. Like, in the, like in the Fulminator Mage matchups, it's like, just gets bolted immediately and doesn't do anything. And in the matches where you want to recreate your Ghost Quarter, like, assembling the the combo of Ramanev Excavator plus Ghost Quarter plus Azusa is, like, basically impossible. Because, like, you really want to be doing that against Tron, but against Tron, you actually just want to play a Titan on turn 3 and attack Kill them yeah. and get a Ghost Quarter that way. Yeah, I just don't want to dirtle around with all this garbage. Because uh, it gets undone really quickly if they find Ugin... Or, like, anything. <laughs> Oblivion, stone. That's like a house of cards that just falls apart really quick. Oh. But yeah. Uh, was it? But yeah, the, the, stock, the, the stock list frame that has not been figured out yet. Yeah. I also saw that uh, <clears throat> someone was playing some of uh, some uh, 
Terramanders in their Is It Delver deck. I'm uh, I'm definitely excited about that. I don't think I talked about this on the cast yet, right? I think that was when we were talking earlier yeah, I that I brought so. this up. Yeah. So uh, William Stacy just cut the two Soul Scar Mages from his deck and crammed in two Terramanders. Good riddance. Fuck Soul Scar Mage. That card is bad. <laughs> like definitely <laughs> the worst card in the deck. It has some some fringe upside against like Gurmog and Galore with Lightning Bolt, but um, I don't know. I was never a big fan of it. It's decent against Kefnet. Yeah, so this guy's list is super interesting because <laughs> <laughs> he's playing three preordains and three risk factors. So um, I want to I want to get some Terramanders in here. I want to cram in some light up the stage because I've seen some people placing well with light up the stage online. I think I think Terramander for Soulscar Mage and then some light up the stage instead of these like risk factors is uh. It's probably not as good against like the the grindy fair decks where you're like just trying to like force risk factor for their counter magic, but it's some serious gas early in the game that keeps them from ever even getting to that point. Just like stocking your hand back up sounds really good, and this deck can actually turn like extra counter magic into into to prowess triggers with its uh, storm chasers and swift spears. Like oh I uh, drew a daze off my uh, off of my light up the stage. Well uh, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna play this mountain that I also drew off my white at the stage, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna use it to cast something, and I'm gonna daze it, and pay for the daze with the mountain, get me some extra storm or some extra prowess triggers, and then just kill him like that. So, um, I think it's actually like pretty decent, um, even if you don't hit like relevant spells, and like most of the time it's just gonna hit creatures and burn or cantrips, right? So like, oh, I had a brainstorm cool i'm gonna cast that brainstorm and i'm up a card now although how sad are you if you like have red spells in your hand you left the stage and you reveal like force of will blue card and like hmm that doesn't quite do what i wanted it to do yeah that is a little bit of a bummer because it says just maybe cast right yeah you can play it until the end of your next turn you can't pay alternate casting costs uh, I think you can, but you can. can't exile the blue card in exile because it isn't in your hand. Yeah, it's fair. That's what I mean. You know? Oh. Yeah, it's not so bad, honestly. I just wonder if the whole, like, Nombo with Prowess is going to be a bigger deal in Legacy than it is in Modern. I mean, it might be. thing is, is, like, you play a lot of bolts. I don't know. I want to at least test it. I'm intrigued. Card advantage is really hard to come by in Legacy. Um, it's just a lot of one for one going on, and then like there's like the dedicated two for one decks like Grixis Control and Suspir, and like a lot of the more tempo oriented decks have a really hard time gleaning any card advantage. Well, here's a here's an option to uh, to do that, and also um, Chalice of the Void is just a fucking nightmare for these decks and. Um, a, a draw spell that you can cast that cost one but doesn't get countered by chalice that can try to dick you into your like sideboard smash to some of the rings that you're like desperately looking for sounds pretty hot because it's pretty common that like you know you like either play a creature on turn one and then like they force a chalice through or not even they don't really force it through you just don't have an answer 
or they like you deal with the first chalice and then like somewhere in the middle of the game they kind of sneak one in and you're like shit i need an answer for this now so you like kind of frequently will have a creature in play when there's a chalice and you're just like man like i'm just like kind of smacking them for one with this like the swift spear or i'm like casting stuff into the chalice just to get prowess triggers even though it's getting countered well um being able to cast light at the stage and actually dig for something that can remove the chalice is pretty attractive as well yeah i can see that i guess and um terramander is intriguing as well um was listening to the i think it's uh the eternal dirtles podcast uh, one of the hosts just took like a rug delver shell and like cut the mongooses and just shoved like a place of terramanders in and was like pretty pleased with the card honestly he was like not not unhappy with it over like a bunch of leagues so i was like hmm, okay it's very intriguing to me because the um, and then it may also be like a reflection on how goose just isn't what it used to be it really isn't and and Soulscar Mage is so awkward because it's so it's so slow and gimpy, right? It only does like two or three damage in the average game, I feel like, unless you're like on a runaway game. Um and, like well Terramander like is probably doing that much damage in the same game, right? And it's got upside. I mean, Soulscar has upside as well, but Terramander has evasive upside, which is pretty intriguing to me. Um and getting to a point where I mean this this list has ten evasive threats out of 14 like that's it's nice especially against death and taxes which you know the way they kind of win a lot of the time is by kind of gumming up the board so you can't get in with your kind of mopey creatures um so having a more flyers is definitely attractive so i don't know i'm uh, i'm curious i've been so obsessed with playing swans i haven't had any time to test legacy so that's my one move from one blue red deck to another <laughs> in the near future trade my screds for chain lightnings <laughs> is this an upgrade sometimes it's not <laughs> sometimes it is not generally speaking when there is a germog angler in play but and change uh chain lightning doesn't say one red draw five cards <laughs> yeah that is correct but uh anyways i think that's uh Kind of where we're at for the week since we're just two of us this week and it's been kind of a we're kind of waiting to see what news watsi releases about the changes to organized play kind of still holding our breath on that one once uh once we have some heart info we'll kind of get back to you guys of our thoughts and opinions on it but um not a whole lot to really talk about quite yet there's the yeah i mean i was talking to someone and they they said like they're not sure how they're supposed to get um planeswalker points anymore if pptqs have gone away yeah. And I don't know, that's just because we haven't heard what's supposed to replace those or what. But I guess if you're a true grinder, yeah, maybe, maybe this is concerning. But, anyways, let's, uh, let's move into our slot of the week and talk about what card or deck we're totally hyped for right now. Chris, what's, uh, what's cooking on your, uh, on your stove? Ooh. Um,. I am totally hyped for some mystical teachings. Uh, God, that that bug deck looks sweet. Um, I I had a turbo fog deck back in the day, so I'm familiar with the um, uh, glee of making my opponents suffer for a very long time. And while uh, Lantern wasn't my cup of tea, perhaps this will uh, fill that void of. Uh, 
having my opponents hate themselves. You're a goddamn degenerate. That's what you are. That's <laughs> and uh, we get to play Wilderness Reclamation as well. Ah, yes. Um, Good luck finding me. The card's sweet. And with teachings, it's it's a combo. Because the biggest problem with teachings is it just costs a billion mana. Yeah. And uh, Wilderness Reclamation does a pretty good job at mitigating that, that problem. Yeah, definitely. And uh, if it... If it just, yeah, if that deck crapped on me on Amulet, must must be uh, must be good, right? So, <laughs> so I think I might try and give it a whirl at some yes, point. It's definitely how it works. Uh, what about you, John? What are you hyped about? Well, I don't know if hyped is the right word, but so... <laughs> Karanos God of Storms has been bugged on Moto. It uh it's a five mana reveal the first card you draw every turn to your opponent. That's it. Doesn't pass priority. <laughs> Just happens. Just like happens in your draw step and then poops you into your main phase without ever handing priority off to anyone. So uh the card's actually pretty important in this one sideboard. It comes in against the grindy mid-range matchups to get you some card advantage and it comes against that creature decks is a repeatable source of lightning bolts that a lot of other planeswalkers and and uh enchantments and stuff don't really aren't really capable of doing so we've been trying a bunch of different replacements that have all sucked ass <laughs> we've tried uh the Dawkins shackles we tried is it viceroy oh is it viceroy yeah that card is terrible um, we tried a second worm coil engine, and we've been testing out Chandra Pyromaster, and uh, this is a card that is fun to play with, but definitely is not as good as Karanos. But considering the situation we're in, I have been having fun because the card is super sweet. It's a six mana planeswalker. Um, it clears up the board, which is nice. Um, if the toughness is low on the creatures, it could do it multiple turns in a row. Um, it kills your opponent by putting six hasty power into play every time it pluses. And it uh, even can wheel if you are so inclined for some god awful reason. <laughs> Draw you and your opponent uh, some new cards if you just really need to I think to it's think just you. Answer. Is it? I thought it was both. Yeah, you just, I think it's just you discard and you draw the money plus one. Plus one? Mm. Uh, I've played a little bit of this card as well. Back when we had the stupid uh, Blood Sun deck, remember that? Oh, I'm, I'm a liar. This isn't Chandra Pyromaster at all. I'm oh, Chandra Flame Caller. Flame Caller. Yes, I'm sorry. Wow, we've confused the audience. Yes, this is Chandra Flame Caller. And yes, it's just you. Discard all cards in your hand and then draw the money plus one. So, in all the times I've played this card, and I have it in uh, my ETH deck. Ugh. As well as uh, the stupid Blood Sun deck we played, I've literally never won into zero. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> because if your opponent's like, you know, not doing much, just just make six power. Yeah. And if they have things you're worried about, just kill them all. It is. Uh, it is good for those like when you spread your when you spread your swan and just draw a bunch of nothing, like lands and air. Like, let's try that again. <laughs> sure. Surely this time we will draw some relevant spells. You know, when you go like turn five, Swan, turn six, Chandra, turn seven, Scrub my Swan, you can then zero <laughs> yeah. the Chandra. Uh, 
But uh, yeah, she's been interesting. But man, yeah, nothing comes close to to replacing Kiranos. That card is just very unique and uh, extremely difficult to interact with. Is like the key aspect. Um, it's really hard to get off the table once it resolves. And like all these other cards, just like even Wormcoil gets papped. Chandra can get attacked down. I don't know. Kiranos just sits there and gives you oodles of value, which is pretty gross. It's just like an emblem. Yeah, exactly. It's like an emblem. I actually missed a chance to attack with it like a few weeks back. Just didn't even realize I'd turned it on because I was so close to it. I was so used to it just being an emblem. <laughs> I realized like the next turn, like during my opponent's end step, that I could have attacked with my Karanos and done like six damage or whatever. I was like, oh. huh. <laughs> Unfortunate. Yeah, so sometimes you're, you'll be sitting there like a snapcaster and a swan in your Karanos, and you just play a second swan, and your Karanos is live. Yeah, get him. <laughs> so you just like 12 of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So uh, I think that wraps us up for the week. Thank you for checking us out and sticking around to the very end. If you're wondering where you can find more of our content, you can head on over to mtgconflicts.com. You can support us and join the MTG Conflicts community at our Patreon at patreon.com slash mtgconflicts. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube under the same name. If you have any suggestions or comments you'd like us to read, please feel free to shoot us a message on one of these platforms. Or if you join our Discord, you can, uh, you can post something in our suggestions channel. Again, we really do appreciate you sticking around, and we hope you'll join us in the next one.